content channel. Oh, I mean, those I movies just spilled podcasts. beer. Uh, Maybe you should be I such an alcoholic drank drinking Heineken. So what are you, 45 years old in 2003? I don't like IPAs that much anymore. You want to fight? Why don't you like IPAs? I don't know. They're just too heavy. That's I like. That's all people do up there is drink IPA. Well, you start out with shit beer, like Bud Lights and Budweiser in college, like the Rolling Rocks, the Coors Lights. Then you kind of graduate a little bit towards like the IPAs as you get a little older, and you mean like 22, 23. It's like, oh, yeah, that's the good IPAs. So you start appreciating the taste of beer a little bit more. And then now I'm at the point where I just want to go back to the shitty beer because it tastes like carbonated water, and it just makes me feel happy and not bloated as fuck. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I don't drink IPAs either, but it's not, it's not, yeah. like, if so I went I to a beer up? festival, I would try everything there, because, like, I paid 50 bucks to get in there, and I want to taste everything. I'm not um, saying I would never do that, though. I mean, But here I am drinking White Claw, so. All right, so fuck Your off. point That's does not go on record. Okay, shut the fuck. No, it's not. I don't How drink anymore because your I Heineken? have a bladder half the size of a regular person's. Well, good thing you don't have to go to any movies lately. Literally, no, seriously. Like, I, they did a cystoscopy on me, and I was told that I have the bladder half the size of an average human bladder. That's going to make the drive interesting. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I'm good on drives. As long as we, okay. like, stop every five or six hours, then I'm good. But That seems pretty normal. That. That's like, because, like, my mom's dogs are supposed to go out, like, every couple hours, but they just go in the house. Yeah, it's because they're little wiener dogs. They drink water and it has a two inch drive until their bladder. Like, of course, they're going to pee. Yeah. We're boring people. Is it just me or did I just realize that? <laughs> I know we're not. What are you talking about? This is so entertaining. Moondog is know. like, guys, can you just get to the fucking podcast? I watch Freeway he is, and too. I just, he's just He's waiting watch for the, the mystery. The mystery at the end that I have waiting. He probably just oh, skips God, to the end. <laughs> I bet he doesn't even yeah. listen to the podcast. Well, no, because he, he watched Freeway. Like he watched that movie. Yeah, but we, you so know, then that, again, that he's, he's listening. He could have just checked. And he's Instagram curious like, enough right. to check out apparently your movie. Uh, yeah. Oh, man, by the way, thank you, you know, for watching my movie of all movies. Maybe I'll he's already seen the pianist because it's a very popular movie. The pianist? oh, you mean the pianist? Yeah. Pianist. Yeah. The How pianist. do you say pianist? Pianist. 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 I think you're saying penis. too many syllables. Pianist. It's the pianist. 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 No. But if anyone is joining for the first time, we are Those Movie Dudes, where every week we watch three acclaimed films that we've never seen before, and if you'd like to have a say in what we watch... Uh, excuse me. <laughs> Sorry, I think I did that last week, too, and I couldn't help it. Uh, anyways, if you'd like to have a say in what we watch in our podcast, follow us at Those Movie Dudes on Instagram and vote every Saturday in our stories, and then it'll help decide what we talk about in the podcast. Uh, and you have suggestions, leave comments, you know, interact with us. You won't, but it just yeah, yeah, I like to throw it out there just in case. Please, because otherwise we're just or, talking to ourselves, and we don't even like each other, so. I know. Please. You know how many, like, like yeah. we have to go through, like, four Zoom meetings just to deal with each other, so <laughs> like, you know, guys honestly, need to watch this we thing. To, <laughs> we leave the meeting every now and then, because oh, John God. can't stand movies. And sometimes um, when the Zoom, like, I comes back TV, up, though. one of us is gone, so we have to wait for the other, and it's, like, a seven-hour yeah. ordeal, guys. Like, Could you imagine if this actually took us seven hours? Yeah, I'm, like, 12 uh, in right now. No, oh, God. I mean, it would be a disaster. Luckily, it won't, but... The movie that won for me in the poll is a movie that I have wanted to see for a very long time. It won an Oscar for Best Actor. I really wanted to see why. Uh, it's called The Pianist. It came out in 2002. That is the one that we watched. Ah, The Pianist. I the like pianist. it. Yeah, I like so me, I, The Pianist. Know, okay. It's really, in, yeah, The Pianist. <laughs> and uh, my I know movie... you're trying to enunciate on The Pianist, I so I'm, I'm like, trying yeah. Hard. yeah <laughs> that's not, see, cool. it's, literally, you, it's literally Pianist. That's literally how you're supposed to say it. It's not pianist. I think you're just you're pianist. overpronouncing the well, word. Well, you can add that and just it'll the pianist. All right. Either way, my movie for That's this week was uh, the Freeway, penis. which came out in 1996. Never heard of it. Stars Kiefer Sutherland, who loves tackling Christmas trees. Apparently, I just learned. <laughs> and Reese Witherspoon before her legally blonde days. <laughs> and Siskel and Eber gave it two thumbs up. So let's can't wait to dive into yeah. that one. Jesus yeah. Christ. Um, yeah, and my movie was a movie called Spring, Summer, Fall, Winter, and Spring, directed by a guy whose last name is Duck. So I'm really a seasons, ex- man. I'm really excited to quack this thing open. <laughs> oh god. 
Well, the movie that I think that we could talk about first, I, I know it's always tradition for me to pick John's movie because it's typically the one that I, I really just want to get out of the way. Uh, <laughs> and, and I think I want to stick to tradition again this week. I, I, I would like to talk about Freeway, 1996, for the first movie. If that's okay, we don't have to. If you Here's guys the have thing. A counter, you, I'm going to disagree. I, and this is not just because we always do this, but I'm going to disagree okay. this week and say we should right, get why? Nate's movie out of the way. I think we should get John's movie out of the way. Okay, two, right. that's one. Flip we gotta go freeway. But hey, I'll agree to we can talk about the season's movie second. Is that okay? If we go into uh, that one as after? As long as we can finish on a high note. <laughs> with the uh, exactly, that's why we should finish on the season's movie. <sighs> I'd rather throw up my own mouth and watch well, that movie into, again. Wait. Let's get into yeah, freeway. Yeah, let's just talk about Legally Blonde mixed with Stand By Me. We got ourselves Freeway, John. <laughs> well, that's a pretty solid description of it. But yeah, Freeway came out in 1996, directed by Matthew Bright. I don't really know what else he's done. I'm not really willing to look. But it stars Reese Witherspoon, Kiefer Sutherland from the 24 series, which I watched the first three seasons before it was taken off Netflix back in 2014, and I never really tried to watch it again. But um, according to IMDb... It is a kind of a play on Little Red Riding Hood, which you will probably realize toward the end of the film if you make it that far, um, where Reese Witherspoon plays a little delinquent teenager. Her mom's kind of a hooker on the side. Her stepdad's a basically a pedophile rapist. Um, and then she, uh, you know, goes on the road, meets Keith, Kiefer Sutherland, or helps her with some car trouble, and some crazy-ass, sadistic, serial killer, pedophile shit happens from there. Quite the film. Yeah. Not what I expected. Uh, what did you think of Freeway? What did I think of Freeway? It wasn't bad. Like okay. it was, it was, it was fun seeing Reese Witherspoon in something that wasn't just like mainstream Reese Witherspoon, Big Little Lies, Home. Look at me, no, I'm better than everyone else. Uh, whatever movies she's been in, whatever. But um, yeah, she's she's hot in this movie. Um, I, I'd be lying <laughs> if I said she wasn't. No, um, she looks and, really good looking. And Kiefer Sutherland is just a creepy dude. But he's a great actor, so I thought he fit this role really well, and I thought she fit her role really well. She can be kind of a, she can make herself look nasty and kind of like a delinquent, like she's supposed to be. Um, I did think the opening scene was very funny in the school. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. really? These kids, like, they, they, they don't know how to pronounce cat? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but then again, that's something that a lot of people probably have the same problem so i'm not uh judging them but it was just kind of funny to see how it started but yeah, it was just a fun little 90s movie it wasn't anything super exceptional um i liked the performances for what they were especially reese witherspoon at a younger age um and just kind of seeing everything that they did and a very out of place brooke shields in my opinion um <laughs> she was the wife, just right? randomly yeah, yeah she what was just in the kind hell of there. was brooke shields doing this movie um but it, it had some creepy moments when they interacted in like the car together on the highway when he was giving her a ride kind of thing it just you could see it kind of getting deeper and darker and it was definitely twisted um and i was entertained uh but it just wasn't the best movie i've ever seen by any means but i was entertained because something about 90s movies and had a little bit of a thriller aspect to it and like you said kind of with little red riding hood i kind of see it and it is kind of blatant towards the end but I, yeah. I, I get it. It's I see like it. They were really going for that log line at the end of the movie. Yeah. It's like, oh, so. maybe they haven't picked up on it yet. Let's put him in this. Let's <laughs> literally do <laughs> that. It's like spoon yeah. feeding you. What, what about you, Spencer? Do you like being spoon fed childhood fairy tales? No, I really oh, don't. Me either. Um, yeah. I don't like you, I... did. <laughs> John, did you like this one? Yeah, it was watchable. It was watchable. Yeah, I, I thought this movie was trash. I honestly mm-hmm. didn't like almost like I really didn't like anything about it. I just to me the the filmmaker was just I like dark comedies. It's one of my favorite like subgenre. That's funny. His last name is Bright. <laughs> um, I, like, I love dark comedies. Uh, the Art of Self Defense came out last year was really great. Uh, in Bruges, stuff like that. I really do tend to uh, like dark such a hard comedies. on for In Bruges. Would you stop talking about In Bruges? But this movie was trying to be a dark comedy, and it just didn't work because all the violence was cynical. It was just such a hateful movie. Like Reese Witherspoon, while I thought her performance was hilarious because it's something I've never seen from her before, 
her character is probably one of the most despicable, unlikable people I've ever seen portrayed in a movie in a very long time. I couldn't stand mm-hmm. her. She was just so annoying with her like scream and just the way she went about doing things. There is a scene where there's a drive-by shooting that's played for comedy, and it just was like, what the fuck is this movie? Like, it just... And then the whole Little Red Riding Hood I thought was stupid as hell. Like, it just Mm -hmm. wasn't clever to me. It was just honestly just really dumb. Uh, And it's just like, I I just didn't like the screenplay at all. It was just dark and gross and just definitely wasn't a movie that I was expecting... uh, for sh- like at all but then it just was like all right i i can't wait to turn this off it was just bad um yeah i wouldn't quite go that far i i no, i expected sort of like bad. your a pain by numbers sort of 90s action i guess and then there were some dark comedy elements but it it was just cool to see reese witherspoon in this this like this role where she gives literally no fucks whatsoever like she went to any length possible just to get what she wanted um and i i think some of the funniest scenes were in the courtroom <laughs> where you <laughs> don't get people's behavior like that it's just like guess, it's not like, funny to me at all I, it's the only thing i enjoyed about that was seeing reese witherspoon go to this level that was the most like yeah just the fact that it was it. It, that it was her it's like you, you're yeah. not used to seeing her in roles like this so like i don't know i guess it just took me by surprise and i and i found it funny i laughed you know several times just seeing Kiefer sutherland with his face all messed up in the courtroom it just it was just funny to me but mm-hmm. yeah, no, it wasn't the best movie ever. There were some awkward moments. Weird. There were yeah. there were some some scenes that seemed to go really far in a movie that didn't seem to warrant the decisions they made. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I thought Reese Witherspoon carried it the most for me, just because I thought her character was just kind of badass slutty. Yeah, You're just man. like oh, I she's a despicable person, but like she's kind of cool. Like. I, just, I think I could. I liked how she handled Kiefer Sutherland's situation. If you didn't like this movie, Spencer, I'm not surprised you didn't like Heather's because you don't like characters like yeah, this. I did. I remember just, you didn't yeah, like, like Heather's, and I kind of liked it. So I think it's movies just are a just about like Heathers. senseless killings, and it's just like like I, there's another one called Natural Born Killers. I don't know if you've seen that one. But that I want to see it. It's so extreme and it's yeah, over the yeah. top, and I'm just like, well, like I get it if there's a point to it and if it serves the story. For this, they were just like. I but just, there was a point to this one. He was a freaking not. murderer pedophile. Like, mm-hmm. in theory, you know I mean? yes. Yeah. But, like, well, he basically, the extra the whole, stuff didn't make sense. Yeah. Like, when, her, when they killed the boyfriend in the drive by shooting, like, right after she leaves. Like, yeah. And that doesn't really movie. have any and reason. It was just so it, out no of place. <laughs> there was no point to it. And it was played for comedy. It was played for comedic effect. I'm like, this is just like. After such a nice and, scene, like, a nice, like, uh, goodbye scene. I think it's disturbing for, like, the sake of. I don't know. It just. I think it was that was her tipping point when her fiance or whatever get shot. That was her tipping point. They used it back in the plot. Yeah. Yeah, and that's because you kind of see how she develops and whatnot, and you see her trying to do better. But then when that happens, it's almost like well, almost like a nothing left to lose situation for her at least because you'll see everything that leads up to it, and she just kind of goes, "Eh, screw it." And that's why there's two other freeway movies. <laughs> yeah, why? Yeah, I saw that I there's don't... a sequel, but it has none of the original like cast. It's a different no. character, or it might be based on a similar character. But I, I read about it, and they were like, the director. It's written and directed by the same guy, Matthew Bright, and mm-hmm. he says this has like no like ties to the first movie at all. But it's called Freeway Two, so I don't, it's kind of weird that that yeah. exists, but. Yeah. If it doesn't have Reese Witherspoon done, in it, yeah. then it's pointless. Because right. I'm sure there are a lot of other actors, our actresses, that could have pulled off this role but it was just interesting to see her do this and like mm-hmm, she didn't right. she hasn't really had any roles before this a couple years later she did her legally blonde and she did kind of her early matthew mcconaughey yeah. phase where she does all these romantic comedy weird movies and now she's finally in her serious phase but this is just a you know a role that you're not used to seeing her in so i was that's kind of what drew me to it and then Kiefer sutherland you hardly see him in anything so I know, I thought he was going to be in it more as, like, a super serious threat kind of thing. Yeah, but then I was hoping there was more with that storyline. But, yeah, it but, just goes to her going to this, like, full psychopathic level, and it goes into, like, a lot of detail, just, like, what, just like how her life just changes after this incident that happens on the freeway. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I just, <laughs> this wasn't really a movie that I enjoyed watching at all. I thought it was just cynical. It was angry. It just like, I could just tell it It was made with like hate. (laughs) I just was like, all right, I'm like, I can't wait for this to be over. But luckily it wasn't too long. It was like an hour and 40 minutes, but uh, yeah, this one just wasn't 
wasn't for me. I know I'm kind of in the minority. It's got like a 77 Rotten Tomatoes, like a 7.1 or something on IMDb. Like people like it. They, people think it's fun, and that's great. But this one, yeah, just not for me. So grade. I can grade it. You want me to grade it? Yeah, yeah, I mean, because you seem to hate it the most. Here. Yeah, <laughs> I gave it a one out of five. Reese Witherspoon yeah. was Dang. my favorite part. Of, like, just I've seen her like perform like this because we're so used to seeing her as these, as these like sweet characters and these romantic comedies, like John mentioned. But uh, it was really fun seeing her just go balls to the wall crazy. Uh, I just the character itself as a movie, I'm just like I couldn't stand whenever she was on screen. But um, yeah, it's, which it's was a the one whole movie for so. me. Which is very mm-hmm. low. I never, I never typically go this low. I, I, I usually find a lot of stuff in movies that I like, even if it's a bad one, like Absentia last week. But this one, Ew. just, yeah, I just wasn't, <laughs> wasn't the one that I gravitated towards. It might not be yeah. the only one out of five tonight. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we already know that. What were, what were your <laughs> thoughts on Freeway and the overall um, thoughts? To me, '90s movies just have a have an atmosphere to them. Just the way they look, the music that they use, just kind of like the erratic camera work that they kind of show so i was just kind of attracted to that and i i know it wasn't the best movie ever but i was entertained just because i reese witherspoon's character is just different seeing her in this type of role so it was cool seeing her dynamic there could have used a little more creepy keith or sutherland but yeah just kind of your stereotypical just kind of 90s action with a little bit of dark humor and i, I give it a three and a half out of five it was good. Uh, could probably watch it again, but not anytime soon. But I'm glad I was able to watch it. Love Reese Witherspoon. And I respect her for doing it. Yeah, I guess I'm just with Nate on this one. Um, I, I think I just, I, I appeal to these kind of mid-90s films. It's just, I guess it's nostalgic for me, just knowing I kind of grew up in this time. They kind of have this quick, witty editing style and oversaturated color palette. Um, but I... I think Reese Witherspoon was was really entertaining in this role. I had no issue with her kind of despicable character aspects, which is sometimes a trait that I do find annoying in films, but this one not so much. There were just also some really funny scenes that I that I really kind of grasp onto. There were also some weird ones and some awkward ones that kind of made me uncomfortable, but that's kind of going to happen with a movie that features sexual predators. So it is what mm. it is, but um I can see the hate for this movie. I, I understand why Spencer kind of didn't like it. It's a, no, that's okay. You know, we're always have different opinions for those movies. It's also it also I can maybe attribute to stuff that's actually going on in the country right now. It just I was in a bad mood when I was watching it to begin with. Well, um, think about it. Uh, if this movie came out so that, now, that it would get panned. Influence my my <laughs> feelings on it, but I totally get like mm-hmm. I can see why people have like a lot of fun with it because it's excessive. It's over the top. Uh, it just yeah. maybe it just wasn't the movie that I wanted to see at the moment. But uh, no, absolutely, yeah, I, I still didn't like it. No, I think with a movie like this, I, I guess I try to kind of view it like at the time that it came out. Like, what would be your reaction seeing this in 1996? And I'm not surprised that it does have positive reviews because it, it is, to me, a very a very fun kind of dark movie that, that does go for shock value a lot of the time. But I was into it. So I also mm-hmm. gave it a three and a half out of five. <laughs> it, was a, it was a solid <laughs> movie. So Okay, well. Yeah. Freeway. What was that on Amazon Prime? I don't know. Oh yeah, it was on Amazon yeah, I Prime. So. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't so. really recommend it, but if you like over the top crazy movies and you want to see a fun performance by uh, Reese Witherspoon, you know, you especially with her southern twang, which she's really yeah. good at. Yeah, and if you want to see a more serious <laughs> role, just watch Wild. Let's transition to movie number two. Uh, I'm feeling the seasons movie. Fuck all you guys. Fine, <laughs> whatever. And you know what? This was this was good for me because in Florida, just we don't because have it's seasons. foreign, you guys hate it. I get it, Brad. Uh, yeah. So uh, my movie is literally called Spring, Summer, Fall, Winter, and Spring. There's a oh, pause there. There's yeah. There's now. there's a dot dot Scared dot in there. Yeah, I had to had to enunciate that a little bit. Uh, uh yeah. But it was directed by Korean director Kim <sighs> Ki Duck. Okay, my yeah, my movie is all of the seasons, and <laughs> it's and just one, about this yeah. guy, this kid who uh, grows up from a small boy, uh, living in this little temple that's floating on a lake, and uh, he's being taught by an old Buddhist monk, and you see how his life kind of passes by like the seasons do, uh, hence the name spring, summer, fall, winter. <laughs> And spring. There's only three dots. It's not like 12 dots. You don't have to pause that long. 
All right. And spring. Um, okay, thank you. So I just want to get the bad vibes out of the way. John, how much did you hate this movie? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the I thing. I, 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 I just it. installed my soundbar in my room. And, you know, and I knew this movie wasn't Spencer, I think, ahead of time. He's like, yeah, there's not a lot of dialogue. And it's kind of like Boyhood. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, I'm in. Um, not like Boyhood, really, at you all. You shouldn't have said, like, Boyhood. <laughs> so, like, it's not like Boyhood. Luckily, the movie was only, I think, an hour, 45 minutes or something like that. 41. Okay. Well... I, I'm going to give you my positive reaction first. Cinematography. Are was, you going to make a fart noise? <laughs> I could. Like I did last week for Absentia. Just. <laughs> I'll do a fart noise for as long as you did your pause earlier. Okay. But it'll be a real fart. Anyways. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to look at the, the positives of, of this film first. Cinematography was beautiful. On location, I kind of loved how they were just like literally living on a little bit of a, like a little lake on, a, on an anchored home which didn't have any beds. They just slept on the floor with little Bed. cushions. So that was cute. I just, and I and I liked how over the course of the movie, they were able to make so many different compositions that were still very unique and, and, and fun to look at um, for the location. Because this entire movie does take place in pretty much one location. I don't think they leave the lake. Boy was just, like, I could kind of see where it was going from, like, he was a young kid kind of just, like, messing around with animals and torturing them. I'm like, okay, I wonder if this is going to go in the direction that I think it is. And it pretty much does. But after that, you know, I don't think, it like, it switches a season again, and I don't really think that he learned many lessons. I wasn't, like, extremely bored or anything, but, like, I just didn't buy it, man. It just, there wasn't enough there for me to really appreciate this the way that I think you're supposed to appreciate it. Mr. Duckman, what about oh. you? Yeah, hey. wake up over there, hey. Chief. <laughs> All right, sorry. I did not know what to expect going into this movie. I knew that it was going to be about Buddhist monks. Uh, it had a bunch of seasons as the movie title. It was a little excessive. I'm like, what's the point? And then once I started watching the movie and seeing how the movie progressed and un- had the story unfold, it was really interesting. I actually really enjoyed how the movie unfolded, seeing it through the seasons. I mean, you, you see this boy grow up. And become a man and just what he went through, what he learned from his master. I thought the whole culture was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked the life lessons. Like John mentioned, the torture of animals when it was happening. It was like, what is the point of this? This is getting a little this is getting a little uncomfortable watching. But then the scene that happens right after that with the master and what he does to the kid, it's like, oh my god, there's a whole point to it that he needs to mm-hmm. learn. And it was actually, I thought, a really cool life lesson. And it had some interesting morals. Um, and yeah, I get that it's slow, but I thought that overall, like it was shot incredibly well. The cinematography was great. Uh, the performances felt real. felt authentic. I looked it up. They haven't really been in anything else. The master has only been in like one movie and it's this. Uh, mm-hmm. So I thought that was kind of interesting, but yeah, I actually really did enjoy this one. Okay. The pacing of the film okay. was not the issue for me personally. It was, it was just mm-hmm. the way that they handled the characters the main mm-hmm. the main boy character i i didn't really like the way that they handled his progression through his life i just didn't think the decisions he I made was... were really explained enough to make any sense to me and especially the, the... fall storyline was a little like what's going on with this but it, it made more sense especially when he came back for winter it was like all right i gotta get what they're going for and where are we going with this one nate what i would I'd like to i am hear. saying that this was my movie and i'm glad i am the last one to talk about it because I love this movie. <laughs> this movie just was up my alley. It's I didn't even I knew nothing, zero percent about this movie, and I just saw it sitting there, and I went, "Oh, this looks cool." Found out at one uh, Palm Door at Cannes the year it came out, so mm-hmm. I was like, "Well, that's something worth checking out." If anything, like even if it's bad, it has merit. Those life lessons, like what Spencer was just saying with the animals and whatnot, like it broke my heart. But then it would show the master and him, and it was bothering him too, but he knew punishing this kid was how he was going to learn. All the mistakes or whatever that he makes throughout his life was because he was so used to this Buddhist reality. When he went out into the real world and kind of did what he needed to do, he lost sight of things, and that's why it kind of represents all the seasons. You have his growth... You have young adolescent love, and then you have temptation, 
that could be good or bad and then it leads into just kind of the slum into the rebirth so i thought that that was handled really really well i liked how the master foreshadowed a lot of the movie too which is like one mm-hmm. simple line and it kind of makes sense as the movie keeps going like there was one where he's like lust leads to like murder, murder. or something like mm-hmm. that yeah and then it's like okay and then uh there was another line where he was like I'll tie like the rock around you for now, but if any of the animals are dead, that rock's gonna be tied around your heart for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh shit! Like that's deep, like sentences, and like, mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot of dialogue. So like, when they did have the dialogue, it was very powerful. Which I, I, that, and I feel like maybe thought. that moment, if I were to look at it based on like the big moments of the film, perhaps that's like the catalyst that sort of swung him in the direction that he went in life, where he doesn't really learn how to develop relationships. He's very isolated with the master and i don't think that the Mm -hmm. master really develops him as a human being enough to the point where he's able to kind of move on from this relationship that doesn't work out so it's because he didn't give it really his full thing like the master tried he tried to teach him these things but he knew that in order for this to happen he needs to find out for himself like he can't just spoon feed him everything (laughs) like you can't just be like like he failed and it broke my heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, he did. Honestly, like, no. He did fail. He felt like he failed. And he did, a, I thought he did a great, like, the whole life lesson of, uh, like, carving the symbols mm-hmm. in the uh, dock. And I loved how the police chief stopped. Handled him, like, it. Kind of, like, they waited for him to finish. They respected it. And they, mm-hmm. they actually even, like, participated and helped. I thought that mm-hmm. was just, like, a really interesting thing that I didn't expect to see. It was just very interesting. And there was one moment that kind of indicated this boy who's not really going to follow the like the practices was when they had this little door uh, in their tiny little house. And like, mm-hmm. there was no wall, but this tiny little door to go into their bedroom. And they always went in and out. That's how they like, entered and exited. But then there was one moment when he was trying to sneak out and he was going to use the door, but he just kind of goes around it. And I was like, Oh, okay. He's, uh, he's not gonna going stick off around. the rails. Just, just yeah, he's rails yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He is. And he's, he's sneaking off for lust and he's sneaking off for, because he's met a woman, but. But that can, that's something, yeah, that's something divisive in all of us. We all have those lusts and those fears that kind of make us who we are. And this one kid just happened to, whether he makes the right or wrong mistake, it's, I don't, I could see why people would say the master failed him. But if you watch the entire movie and how it plays out, I think his master succeeded because you kind of see how the seasons develop and how this guy takes mistakes he's made in the past, whether it be with a girl or whether it be with the animals or whatever. And you see him take all of the lessons after his master and he just kind of becomes the master. Mm -hmm. It's like you kind of see all this stuff develop into this climax and you kind of go everything that happened was happening for a reason of course and so i thought was so interesting and i I didn't realize that as i was watching it it was only when the movie ended and i thought back i'm like things kind of just connected more and they came together Mm. uh and and made sense in my head at least but um and actually it was interesting the guy who plays the the adult version of the boy in the winter Mm -hmm. uh segment is the writer and director he actually oh, is was it? the actor that Aww. came in and did it, um, cool. which I thought was cool too. Because he, de- mm-hmm. I don't think he speaks any lines in that segment, but what he does like towards the end of that segment with like kind of like the whole conclusion of the movie was just like, mm-hmm. really interesting. It was kind of cool, and I mm-hmm. liked it. It just like it came full circle too, like the seasons, like it just. Yeah. And then the and spring part of the movie was just mm-hmm. it was kind of like, like a little button, like, like up oh. to interpretation, like what's yeah. going to happen after this. It was interesting. Spring starts again. The cycle will always continue to go. I'm gonna yeah, cut, I'm gonna, I haven't seen a movie like it before. I'm going to yeah, cut it off it right was... there, like where Nate just stopped talking because his menu is about to end. Well, yeah, but I wouldn't see it as like him being a psychopath. Like That's that's kind of pushing it. But I I'm would just, just see it as a... Ju- <laughs> well, no, it's, it's, it's an extreme... Well, I wouldn't, I'm not going to say extreme religion because that could be offensive. It's not extreme, but this movie is very into those customs and whatnot. And I respect that. And so that kind of his portrayal of what his character was going through is part of the learning process. And the fact that he was so used to these customs and got derailed and things didn't work out that way. Mm -hmm. He was lost. Like some people will do drastic things when they're lost. And the fact that he, he didn't go, 
to a family. He didn't do any of that. He went to the one person who taught him and yeah. knew that that was his saving grace I get kind of thing. So it kind of, and I see what you mean as the way it was handled, yeah. but it makes sense in the overall like cycle of the story, I guess, if that makes sense. No, and it does. No, I, and I, I guess, I guess just for me, it maybe would have been more relatable if they didn't go the, uh, the dark aspect of it rather than like, mm-hmm. I maybe if they he just had a failed relationship and life just didn't work out when he left and he just came home and he just kind of felt at home again. I don't think it needed this whole different aspect of the film that they added to it. So that's like just it, me. That's like anger. Yeah, yeah, that's just me. I think they could have gone about it a little bit differently and and maybe I would have liked it more. Um, but mm-hmm. you know that's okay. So I and I I gave this a one out of five and I it's mostly that that one star is really based off I thought this movie was shot really well to proportion it out by season I thought that was interesting so other than that the story mm-hmm. just didn't work for me um, <sighs> uh, I'm not gonna go Come nowhere near as low as uh, as Johnny Boy here um, but I I actually really did enjoy it I thought that it was a really interesting story I, I like movies that are just about other cultures because I like to learn about it and and just see it told from like their perspective and mm-hmm. it just seemed very real it seemed very raw and I, I i appreciated that so uh i'm not gonna go too too high uh but i'm gonna go three and a half out of five it's i really enjoyed it i thought it was a very well done movie it was very well shot really good i thought that it was directed really nicely and the performances just felt real and uh, i liked the life lessons that it, it had mm-hmm. so yeah yep. three and a half for me yeah those life lessons were part that I didn't I didn't almost tear up, but you could feel the anguish yeah. that the kid was feeling when he realizes it, like when he sees the animals and how he reacts. That's like him learning that lesson. And you can see in the master's face, he doesn't want to put this kid through this, but he has to in order for him to be able to fulfill what he's meant to do. I, ga- I gave it a solid four and a half out of five. Nice. Um, wow. Just because... I liked how the first two interpretations of the boy, they looked relatively similar. But then when it got to the third guy, he almost seemed... I thought it was a new character, yeah. Yeah, he almost seemed younger than the second interpretation. But then when you got to like his older version, then it kind of made more sense with how he looked. But I'm not judging the guy for their looks. They did with what they could. But it just kind of threw me off a little bit. He didn't seem as believable as the yeah. other people who played him. Um, with just a small thing. Because all of the shots in this movie were just like perfectly placed. And how each chapter mm. opened with the door. And it always had yeah. something. Yeah. It always looked different. So they were able to anchor it that way. But yeah, four and a f- half out of five for me. Hey guys, uh, Spencer here in post-production. I don't know what happened. My mic got really over-modulated and spiked as we were transitioning from this movie into the next one. Uh, so real quick, I'm just here to clean this up. My movie was The Pianist. It is directed by Roman Polanski, and it stars Adrian Brody in an Oscar-winning performance. It's one that I've wanted to see for a very long time because I had heard that it was just a very heavy and powerful movie, and it's one that I have put off watching for a very long time. Uh, So that is why I picked it, and I'm very happy that it won in the poll. So without further ado, I'm going to throw it over to Nate for his initial thoughts on The Pianist. Pianist. Penis. I don't know. A little longer than necessary, I thought. But it was a well-told... I, lo- I have a thing for World War II movies, and I thought this one was actually really well done, seeing how someone was able to maneuver in a very corrupt and dangerous Poland, and then especially right in the midst. Like, 1943, 1942, all this stuff's happening. That is Nazi at their highest point. Mm-hmm. Like, Hitler's at power, and they're... They're running through Europe and seeing this guy and seeing his story and seeing how he handles it and how he's able to make connections and try and stay safe. And it was really interesting because you don't know what people are going to do. Like, we we can't explain it because we didn't live it. Like, we don't know what the actual situation was. All, like, he could go outside any minute, get questioned, get shot. Like, that's how yeah. random these acts of violence are. Mm-hmm. And Adrian Brody just played it flawlessly. He he just conveyed this tortured 
soul going through this hard time. You see him with his family, and then you see him trying to survive after Warsaw has kind of been destroyed. And you just see the struggle that some people actually had to go through and how on their toes they had to be because anything could happen at any time. Right. And it it was just movies like this that feel very real are the best. That's why Schindler's List is amazing because these movies feel real. And this was a real story. Yeah, this one was really raw as well. Especially knowing that these things did happen, it just creates that whole other element of like, wow, like Mm -hmm. people literally went through this. Like... Mm-hmm. And I think the yeah. one of the craziest things just is kind of see the progression of because this is you know a six year ordeal that these people went mm-hmm. through and at first they're like okay we're getting relocated that's weird and then but they're okay yeah but but yeah but like you see how they're like okay this doesn't seem like a big deal this is this is um, inconvenient but they how could you mm-hmm. ever expect what actually happened you know it's like they. They never had any idea until it was really happening. Right. Yeah. And the movie fades to black like every now and then too. And every time mm-hmm. that happens, it usually picks up like, I don't know, several months later a to year, a year yeah. later or something. Mm-hmm. And like you just see just like how worse things have gotten. Things have not gotten better. It's like people are literally just dying in the streets and people yeah. are getting mm-hmm. shot left and right. Uh, Randomly it's, too. Like yeah, that it's happened so a disturbing. lot in the movie no where there would just be random lineups and you'd yeah. be like, why but that's how it was right like that's literally how they did it and he got so lucky in certain situations like yeah yeah, he's playing the author that the movie's based on yeah he wrote a book i think called i don't i think this movie's based on a book who spielman he's playing the same guy wad's law i'm sorry wad's law spielman something like that yeah yeah Mm-hmm. And it's also slightly based off Roman Polanski's own experiences when he grew up during this time, and his parents mm-hmm. went to like concentration camps, and his mom was actually murdered at one. So it's he oh, has God. some familiarity with, with an experience of, uh, that he went through himself that he put into the movie in certain scenes, uh, especially one when the random soldier grabs Adrian Brody and he's like, "Run, like get yeah. out of here, run." I guess that he's was like a that very similar incident. Kind of. Do you imagine that situation though? Like I'm trying to compare oh, this to the other World War II movie we watched, Sophie's Choice, which when you finally get to that yeah, choice, dealt with some that movie themes. was brutal yep. to think about. But but this movie, this movie was way more of a punch to the gut than Sophie's Choice was. Well, Sophie's Choice yeah. had that one scene where it was it's so heartbreaking and devastating. This mm-hmm. movie was constant, as in just like at any moment just someone was going to get shot and brutally killed and in very raw graphic detail it's like polanski mm-hmm. isn't afraid to show the true horrors that this war was and uh i guess i've never really heard that this movie went this far at times because I, I always knew like you know schindler's list that's like the most devastating movie but this one just felt more of a punch to the gut at times just in terms of how like brutal it felt and just it you felt so real you yeah. really see it from Instead the perspective of, of a jewish person too because schindler's list you see it from oscar schindler who you know wasn't mm-hmm. jewish he was kind of just protecting them a businessman yeah but yeah. You, yeah. you see this from from the perspective of somebody who had no idea what was going on until it was happening right in front of their eyes right so yeah it's and it and it was just heartbreaking to you know see his family get taken mm-hmm. away and then he's just he all he sees is devastation until maybe the mm-hmm. last forty five minutes, right. where you know he finally gets someone yeah. on his side out of nowhere. But it was just, it was yeah, it was it's... very raw and hard and hard to watch, but so 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 well done. Yeah, it's it's hard seeing how like we learned about this stuff in textbooks. How they would get sent to concentration camps on trains. Yeah, these people who lived it didn't know what the train was they were just like oh we're going somewhere Getting else relocated. they didn't know these yeah. camps existed and it's like, beca- and it's funny because like well it's not funny but like i'm thinking of jojo rabbit where like you look at these mm-hmm. kids who were literally just kind of raised to have these ideals where mm-hmm. just just to hate anybody who's not part of the um the aryan or is it a- the regime the, yeah part yeah. of you know part mm-hmm. of this being german blonde hair you're just you're better than everyone else you're you're just top of the line, right? Like Nate has blonde hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and blue eyes. Blue eyes. Yeah, yeah, it's like, it's just this ideal that... <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and it's scary, too, because we've never had to worry about 
our place being invaded. No. Imagine these people feeling unsafe in their own home. Nothing yeah. is more terrifying than being in the place that you feel most comfortable and being on your toes at all times. Mm. Like when they have to pack up all their stuff and live in like a two-bedroom ghetto. Some of the shots, though, where he would just hold a battle scene from one angle for like two minutes and you saw oh the action all happening yeah, live. Right. It was like... Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah, and then he hides in an attic and then the building turns into like a Nazi like like compound and like yeah, it was soldiers like are working uh, below him and everything. Yeah. And, stuff, yeah. and he's like up in the attic and he's like abandoned buildings but like surrounded by he's the only one there. It's like how terrified was this fucking dude? Like we're talking about mm-hmm. his performance as well. Like you you really see the absolute deterioration of this character from yeah. start to finish like especially he, in those he scenes. He put himself through about. that. Yeah, he I was think amazing. Adrian Brody, he like he lost weight. I think he, like, went and lived. He lost. In he Warsaw. lost thirty-one pounds. Yeah, yeah, to like be around the ruins and possibly see what it did, and kind of lived it. Because when he had that beard, I forgot it was Adrian Brody mm-hmm. a little bit yeah. because he just he looks all scruffy and whatnot. But the famous scene of him walking down that city street by himself just that was probably yeah. my favorite shot Sobbing of the movie. Oh, and yeah. unbelievable! On the it's like how did like, we create that? Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, right. Yeah, he was, it was definitely really well, well deserved for him. I don't think he gets as much credit as he deserves. I know he's. I, I I've heard some oddball things about his behavior as a celebrity oh, really? sometimes. Yeah, like he's banned from SNL. Oh, because, because he dropped the f bomb or something. Or no, like... he uh, he wore like a a Jamaican headdress when he was introducing oh, okay. Sean Paul or something. That. And yeah, um, okay. but other than that, though, like his performance. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, yeah, it was just the way he handled it. I wonder what year topic. this was in the um, early two thousands. Well, it was people like always not... put him in that category yeah, yeah. of like the Oscar curse. It's like when a young actor, because he was twenty eight or nine when he won the Oscar, he was very young. And like when a young actor wins an Oscar right out of the bat, like right out sorry, right out of the gate, and then it's like well, they don't one. really have much of a career afterwards. Uh, yeah, and back when she was one of them with the Oscar career, Halle Did Berry. I say Amanda. She... Oh, I sorry, know I'm sorry. Anna Paquin. <laughs> uh, Halle Berry, because the next year after she mm-hmm. won for Monsters Ball, she was in Catwoman, and that kind of derailed her career Big a little yikes. bit. But Big like, yikes. it can happen, especially if you win an Oscar so young. But unless yeah, you're I've always thought that he's, he's been a great actor. But he mm-hmm. is phenomenal in this movie. He's unbelievable. Very, very yeah. good performance. And he, he learned how to uh, play piano, too. And if that was really mm-hmm. him, and that, if that wasn't a hand double, if that seriously was him, then good on him, because he, he killed it. For everything, I though, think there there's no way he did it. It had to have been a hand double at some time. no way in hell he did that He said that he learned how to play number. the piano. Yeah. But I, I'm sure the scenes, scenes. Like Gossam the same way in La La Land. He had yeah, some hand fair, doubles, fair. and then some of it was him, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but remember the scene where he tells the guy that he plays piano and he says, play something for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That song right there, like I was listening to it. And as he was going, I'm like, this is the whole timeline of the movie. Yeah. Kind of calm life, hectic, hectic, Ooh, downfall, downfall, hmm. downfall. And then where he is there. And it was like, it was him telling his story through song it's to really this guy yeah. that he just met. Yeah. And that scene had and so much like, tension. Oh, wow. Cause he just, he plays, 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 stops. Yeah, because you didn't know what was going to happen. He looks at the guy. It's like, oh no! But yeah, it was was like the first time he'd ever been like, yeah, caught in the act. I guess you really didn't know what was going to happen next. And then you're right, where that that song is just kind of representation of the whole movie itself. It's really interesting, and just the struggles he went through. And apparently, he loves jam. Like that was kind of funny to me. Um, or but... that, or maybe he just like he just hasn't had any food with any taste or flavor to it in so so long. So with that jam, I wonder if he got scurvy. Like, he just was like, I, oh my god. I don't know. I think he's just a jam guy. Um, yeah. <laughs> imagine tasting a fresh strawberry jam after not eating after eating bread for yeah. six years. Stale bread. Eating for like, like bread four and or dead mice years. or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those, that, that dry rice that he would just pick up off the table yeah. and eat and just crunch away on. I like so bad. Yeah, it's it's but... a heartbreaking movie for sure. And I, I'm i not a huge Rowan Polanski fan. I I liked Rosemary's mm-hmm. Baby a lot, but I wasn't a big fan of like The Tenant and uh, a couple of his other movies, The Ghost Writer. Uh, was, mm-hmm. But 
Um, you should watch Repulsion. Repulsion. Okay. I mean, really there's a ton that I still weird. need to see that he's done that I've heard is really good. Uh, but mm-hmm. this one was definitely one of his most acclaimed, and it's his personal favorite that he's made. And I can mm-hmm. definitely see why. I mean, he he definitely did a great job. He won the Oscar for Best Director. That's be a passion uh, project as accept well it there, for him. But, but this one, uh, yeah, I would think. wasn't he? He was overseas because he's of banned from right? the country because he has a warrant over his arrest, and he's had it since the seventies. But um, yeah. yeah. He still won an Oscar for Best Director, and uh, Harrison Ford accepted on his behalf and presented it like I don't know, five months later to him. That's so strange, but um, <laughs> it's Why a little Harrison weird. Ford? He was just, I guess, the presenter, or he was the hey. guy reading off the ballot. <laughs> Oscar's so <laughs> white, it, literally still voting do you for do Roman a Harrison Lansky. Ford reading off the Oscar. Hey, Roman wasn't here today, so I accept this on his behalf. Come on, Chewie. <laughs> Come on, Chewie. <laughs> it God, wasn't why good, is he but, you know, so like, one note in, in person? Like, what the fuck? Harrison Ford, dude. If My you biggest... want to see him not one person, watch Witness on last week's podcast. <laughs> nice plug, <laughs> nice plug. Which actually didn't win the poll. Whoops. I think it definitely deserves its acclaim. Uh, I'm glad that I've finally seen it. I'm surprised I hadn't seen it, but it's it's definitely a heavy movie, and I knew that going in. That's why I've put it off for so long, but I'm glad that we force ourselves mm-hmm. to sit through it because I think it's definitely... Uh, deserving of his acclaim and its Oscars that it's got, and uh, definitely glad I saw it. But yeah, it's a punch to the gut. It's mm. it's disturbing. It's it's messed up. But Can't before say. I grade it, uh, I want to hear I want to hear a little little final thoughts and a grade from Mister Mister John over there. Yeah, like you said, it, it's a punch to the gut. But you are you are kind of put in the place of what a Jewish person would feel during this time. You're going through the progression of the entire war from their perspective. You just see the deterioration of this of this man who who made it through it, mm-hmm. but he saw all the devastation throughout the entire thing. So I think this was a really good representation of what somebody would have gone through in the worst possible scenario. Maybe not the worst, because he wasn't in a concentration camp, but one of the worst scenarios. And Adrian mm-hmm. Brody is just unreal in this movie i don't i don't think i've seen him in many things like i honestly couldn't even name another king adrian kong. brody in movie he's in some wes anderson stuff too yeah he's in wes anderson king kong okay uh, yeah grand budapest hotel so, i know he's yeah. like a weird guy in that <laughs> fair enough yeah and that's that's yeah. another director I, I actually do want to watch some of his filmography but yeah it was a really really well done movie i world war ii movies like you said earlier nate they they do have a special place in my heart for me it's just like that's just a really rough time in our history that i can't help but be interested and want to learn more so um Mm -hmm. i gave this a four and a half out of five it was a very well done war film okay okay yeah Yeah. well i'm 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 kind of around that i gave it a solid four out of five um great world war ii movie with fantastic performances just to me in the middle like the what was supposed to be the meat of it I felt like it was just kind of a lot of run, hide, and wait, run, hide, and wait kind of thing. But I just felt like a lot of it was just kind of him waiting for things to change and waiting for, like, a rebellion to happen or something else to happen. So I thought there was a lot of waiting. But, like, the beginning and ends of these movies just kind of sandwiched it all together because you saw his whole um, transformation into the person he became. And like I said, that scene where he plays the whole piano thing for that guy it's him explaining his story and it couldn't have been done in a more beautiful way just the thing that he knows best Mm. is just this guy who can play the piano who's in this really terrible situation and that's his only way to express it so and adrian brody deserved it 100 percent. i don't know who else was in the category that year he definitely daniel day lewis Ooh, Daniel Day's got enough. Then, Jack Nicholson probably then, didn't deserve yeah, it. Yeah, both of those guys have three, and this guy only has one. But this one was uh, very well deserved. All right, and definitely Oscar bait, though. Yeah, I mean, so if anything's gonna five. be Oscar bait, this was Oscar bait. Yeah, this was one of his crown jewels. Kind, of. I'm still a Rosemary's Baby fan, but this was definitely a great look at a World War II movie through somebody who has witnessed it. Still never seen. Rosemary's so that's something to be appreciated. And I am gonna go. I'm gonna go four out of five. I'm gonna match Nate's grade on it. I thought that it was just a little bit too long. It was yeah, mm-hmm. two hours and thirty minutes, maybe two hours fifteen, two hours or so. I think I would have gotten into that four and a half, so maybe even five. I I really liked it a lot. It's just uh, it's a, it's a heavy movie. It's one that I definitely will not want to rewatch anytime soon. But mm-hmm. I think that it was just very well made, and I liked a deliberate cinematography thing that they did was they kind of drained the color out of the movie as it went on. And I thought that was really mm-hmm. interesting because it just 
Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's just it suck the energy right out there. of it. That's yeah. basically yeah, interesting. Cool. But uh, mm-hmm. the pianist, it is on uh, Netflix, so you guys can watch that one. I think it's uh, if you haven't seen it, I think you really need to see it because it's it's definitely definitely well made, very well made. And yeah. if you like good performances, which I hope we all do, right? No. Uh, oh well, sorry, I'll go just fucking run in the street. Well, Absentia. those oh, it still grinds my oh, no. ears. I'm really There's sorry. No. Guys, I, I take full absentia. responsibility for absentia. I, I have to start talking about it now. I have to start Please talking don't. about it. Oh if you want to hear Nate's thoughts about absentia, you can go to our Instagram where I have a one-minute clip out, which basically puts it in a nutshell. Those were our thoughts on Freeway, uh, The Pianist, and Spring, Summer, Fall, Winter, and Spring. Thank so you. I didn't pause it along, but yeah, <laughs> uh, We have a little HBO Max episode coming up next week. Uh, we we all tried to go out uh, and pick some movies on HBO Max. It's a new streaming platform. That Keyword is tried. Warner Brothers tried. Yeah, you <laughs> failed, but uh, it's all good. No worries. The movie that I picked that won the poll is a be- is a Best Picture winner. It's the one that I've wanted to see for a very long time. I used to have a manager that could do the dance from this movie. It is called In an American in Paris. Yeah. He always did oh, the dance. Oh, no way. And I, wa- oh, I watched it on YouTube now. as he was doing it, and it was, like, spot on. It was, I oh, am I so it. upset that I never witnessed and that. it's referenced in Family Guy How all the I time. I never witnessed yeah, that? Oh, I'm so excited. I'm Best so picture- excited oh, for this God. movie. Can you guys, do you guys winner, promise so. to visit him before you go down to Atlanta? Yeah, guys. So, right, and, uh, uh, my movie for next week is the 2005 film starring Cillian Murphy and Rachel McAdams, Red Eye. Which is not on HBO mm. now. I tried. It's actually available on Amazon Prime if you would like to rent it for three ninety nine. If not, you know, that's okay. Unless it's Moondog mm. and you really want to dedicate yourself to this podcast, feel free to rent that film and watch Please it along don't. with us. Don't do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So uh, we hope to see you guys next week. Yeah, I'm excited for Red Eye, Wes Craven. What, what about you? Oh, oh, my movie? Oh, you guys don't. You guys don't want to see this movie. I literally it's, don't, it's, uh, but I have to. I bet um, this would be the one that Moondog sees. Yeah, it's um, it, it it it's it's a film called The Tale of the Princess Kaguya. So is this is our first animated movie. Who are a fan of guys? No, no, no we watched Klaus. Klaus. <laughs> yeah, but uh, in terms oh, of no. the ma- in terms of the you know the podcast that we care about, I don't Klaus. Oh sure, yeah, of the podcast days, yeah, I think it is probably one of the first animated ones. Klaus was great, but this was directed by Isao Takahata. Um, he was a producer on a lot of Hayao Miyazaki's Studio Ghibli films. This director also directed uh, Grave of the Fireflies. Oh. This is on HBO Max as well with the Studio Ghibli Classics collection. So beautiful came out nice. in 2013. I'm excited to check it out, and it's a new animation style for us. This is like the like the paintbrush art oh, really? block oh, kind cool. of style. Yeah, more of the ink wash look to it. So Hot. it'll I'm be different, it but out. I've heard it's gorgeous. So it's a little longer than I expected for an animated movie. It's almost two and a half hours. Alright. I'll tell you what I didn't know that. I'm but mentally prepared. I've heard it's awesome. But I'm gonna oh, watch great. it and hopefully my well, opinion has changed. Well as always you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, YouTube, don't... uh and please okay. don't be shy. Feel free to bother us on Instagram at those movie dudes. Yeah. But that's all I got to say. Specifically John Moore. Please. Yeah, reach out but, to me. Uh, I'm happy to me. respond whenever Appreciate I have it. time. And toodles. Yeah. Um yeah, thanks for watching guys. And uh I'm I'm looking forward to uh this again next week. Oh, hello. Tickling those earbuds. Well, guess what? I don't like to be tickled. I, I, I know legit that no one else listens to this. I'm trying to work on some new impressions. I'm trying to get my Christopher Walken down. You know, it's it's kind of making its way into my repertoire. But you just, you gotta, you gotta talk normal, but be kind of a creepy guy, too. And, oh, that was really bad.